Light it up on a Thursday. Thursday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app. And at hornfm.com, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. We just thank you so much for being a part of today's presentation. I am Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7, horns247.com. Got the latest and greatest in Longhorn team news, notes, and nuggets. The best recruiting coverage in the Texas market with Mike Roach and Hudson Standish. It's all there for you at Horns 24-7. I'm at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter, that Longhorn Blitz podcast. You can get that at Horns 24-7 or anywhere you get your podcasts. Search Horns 24-7. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button. Get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. A lot to get to today. Specs text line is open 337-3776. Got a couple of Longhorn notebooks. We will visit today with two guests on the high school football front. Vandegrift head coach Drew Sanders. It is Thursday, so that's the latest in our weekly coaches interviews. Also coming up in hour two, we will have our weekly visit with Greg Tepper, the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, to talk uh, about the statewide perspective of what's happening in and around our Fairburg. And if you want to know what's happening in and around our Fairburg on the prep scene, nobody better to get you updated and keep you up to date, keep you abreast of all the latest details. He is the publisher curator, otherwise major domo, of everything Flex ATX. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. FLXATX.com at FLXATX on Twitter, Instagram, all your social media platforms. He is the legendary the one and only the great Snoop Daniel. Snoop, you had a busy day yesterday. Yes. I don't even be remembering what I'm doing anymore. And I got your breast right here, buddy. <laughs> I, I appreciate you more than you know, Snoop. Uh, rocking the Stony Point. Keep you a breast. Yeah, you know, um, oh, my gosh. Um, Stony Point, oh, man, you know, Cameron Cook, he's going to do great at TCU. I think he, he could play as a true freshman. He's that kind of talent. Braylon James, I hope his story continues to – Ascend as he's headed to Notre Dame. You know, it's now it's the week where you look back and now your boys ain't playing no more. So I'll rock my Stony Point shirt today. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you looking forward to tonight, Snoop? It's the uh, the first night of high school football playoffs. Westlake yes. and Cedar Ridge happening down the street. I want to go to like a game far out. Although I'm a little broke and I'm low in gas, so. <laughs> but I want to. I I, I like. I can pro- finally see Westlake in person, but I feel like I'm going to have a chance later on. You know, shout out to Cedar Ridge. I respect, but you know, I might have a chance to see Westlake later. Well, in the Flex 30 segment, <laughs> you'll run down. Oh, behind. go ahead. Don't apologize is, for breaking in. Is Weiss tonight? It's in my hometown. Yeah. 
Ooh, I might do that, dude. <laughs> oh my god, it would take all my uh, gas money, but dang. I might. I don't know. Holy. Lo- okay, sorry. Please continue. Flex 30. <laughs> Snoop will have all you need to know about the Thursday night high school playoff games going on. And we'll maybe do a little bit of a look ahead at what's going on Friday. Go to Waffle uh, House. Uh, hey, man. Get some grits. With that, all, that all-star. They never go wrong with, with the Waffle House. It is the, the one. It's the goat combo for me. Like if I think of, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I really think if I remember right, uh, the last time I had Waffle House would have been right after that really long rain delayed game at the uh, Greenville Super Regional, where Texas won the game three of that series to go to Omaha. Like after the weather delays and everything, I don't think I left the ballpark till like three three thirty in the morning. Ooh. Maybe it was later than that, and the only place open was Waffle House. Yeah. So I miss it. It made it made, and I've been in on Twitter that I hate Whataburger because like it is literally the only thing open and everybody's there and I'm not waiting an hour to eat. I'm I'll just go to bed hungry. I'll eat sleep for dinner. <laughs> I like that. What? Eat sleep for dinner. Oh yeah, that is a, a common phrase. You know, like when you when you don't have money, like you just go to sleep and you won't yeah. be hungry. <laughs> uh, by the way, again, we'll visit with Drew Sanders coming up in the next segment. Uh, Vandegrift, by the way, is going to host Bowie tomorrow night. That's at Monroe Stadium, uh, seven o'clock. So Vandegrift with one more home game on the schedule. Anything top of mind for you today, Snoop? Um, just so going to my hometown, maybe seeing my mom, and probably seeing wife. I'm really thinking heavy about doing that. Um. Yeah, that. Uh, but tomorrow is the the big night, of course. And I think every team has a chance to win, even Bowie. Because I remember this time last year, nobody said Bowie had a chance to beat Round Rock, and they did. So I'm just saying that this Vandergriff team is the same as Round Rock, but I'm just saying the, the perception of the people. But anyway. <laughs> Any? Did you see uh, our picks? And we'll do tomorrow. We'll do our oh, picks in the Supreme, the Supreme Lending. No, oh, not oh, Sharp oh. Review, the Big 12. There's so many Supreme, things we do. Supreme Lending, pick them. I know. We got so much stuff going on. During the week, no, Angie sent in the pit. The oh, games yes. we're picking for the spring lending pick'em contest. What am I? Oh God! Of course she is. The Cowboys. That's fine. Cowboys, Packers, Vikings, Bills. Just marinate on it. Think about it. You got about twenty four hours before you got to make a call. Uh-huh. So, my parents st- are, dude. Let me tell you, I always talk about you know my more pure love for sports. Now that I'm rehabilitating my love for sports after not gambling. So, but it is true. I it really is crazy. It's a crazy life experience, but. Um, yeah, so I'm happy when my parents are happy. And, like, when the Cowboys and the Mavericks are going off, they are in just in, in the best mood. You know, they're, when you get older, sometimes you just, you're just looking for other things to be super happy about. Mavericks shot themselves on the foot last night. Going, I saw it. They lost to the Magic. Yeah, going on the road, losing to the sorry Magic. It's well, terrible. Luka finally fell off the bend. He finally had under 30 points, so he is human. But, God, man, we lucked out to get, we, to get him, you know. Third pick. I mean, just like Milwaukee lucked out to get Giannis. Just think about if the the Cowboys, the Mavericks, could have very easily had Giannis. I think that was the Shane Larkin draft. Oh, yeah. I think that was the Shane Larkin draft. They they could have had a uh, Miami. Miami. Yes. Okay. I I saw orange. Son of one of my favorite ball players, Barry Larkin. Duh. And the only reason Barry Larkin was one of my favorite players because you remember the Rawlings gloves growing up. It had some player's signature in it. My my glove was a Barry Larkin glove. Did you buy it at the grocery store? Um, <laughs> I don't. I honestly couldn't God. tell you where. 
When we go to to the grocery store, I go to the sports section and, and try on all the the sports stuff. Does Walmart count as buying it from the grocery store? No, okay. that's legit. Walmart is legit. Okay, I was talking about going to Jewel Osco or. No, I don't. I don't remember where I got my glove, Snoop, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't at the grocery store. I'm just gonna go ahead and guess. I, <laughs> the I one, and then I grew it. My parents like you ain't playing baseball. Really? Why? <laughs> Because Al grew that glove, and they paid all that money to get that one glove. And I was like, Mom, I need another glove. They're like, you aren't playing baseball. I'm like, oh. I went to the library, and I learned all the pitching motions. Fastball, curveball. Learned your grips. I still know them to almost like sign language. One of the few things I learned as a child that I retained. Well, that's why you're a seam head now. That's why you love baseball now. I was not able to. But now in your adult life, you can enjoy baseball. We still got to get you to a major league game. Still got to happen. I wanted to play shortstop. You wanted to be Barry Larkin. Everybody wants to play shortstop, right? Ozzie Smith. Who was your guy, Snoop? Oh, then, oh, God. Oh, uh, Michael Young. Is that lame? No. Good. I really like no, Michael you grew Young. Up, you grew up in the Metroplex. You're a Rangers fan. All right. That's enough of the uh, idle chit-chat. we got to talk some Texas football. Let's do that right now. Let's get to the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. Bowersockteam.com. Get over there let Aaron and her team do for you what they did for Craig. When Craig made the move to Georgetown, Aaron uh, was such a big help. Let her help you that same way. Bowersockteam.com. Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, and we thank her so much for uh, sponsoring these Longhorn Notebooks. All right, one thing I want to get to uh, away from Texas TCU just for a moment. By the way, don't forget, it's a 6.30 kickoff, so our Bud Light pregame show is going to start from Bevo Boulevard. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Mike Harge, that'll start four hours before kickoff. So 2.30 is when they'll start, take you up to 5.30 when the network pregame starts with Craig, Roger Wallace, and Will Matthews leading you up to 6.30 for the kickoff of Texas and TCU. you got game day Saturday morning, so a big full day of stuff going down on the 40 acres. Uh, before we talk about the game, though, and get it start getting into some nuances, and I've, I've gone through some nuances this week on the show, I do want to uh, direct you to uh, my colleague Chip Brown has a story up uh, about this at Hornets 24-7 about the Texas NIL initiatives being consolidated into the Texas One Fund, and it's going to have involvement from the university. Uh, that's Clark Field Collective, uh, Occupy Left Field, uh, 40 Pack, which is basketball, Horns with Heart, uh, the National Championship Golf Foundation, they're all going to operate in unison under the Texas One Fund. Uh, Texas is now able to endorse the Texas One Fund because of recent NCAA changes regarding NIL guidelines. In October, the NCAA Division One Board of Directors announced it was changing its stance that previously prohibited schools from directly participating in NIL opportunities. In its announcement, the Division One Board said school personnel, including coaches, can assist an NIL entity uh, with fundraising through appearances or by providing autograph memorabilia, but cannot donate cash directly to those entities. School staff members also cannot be employed by or have any ownership stake in an NIL entity. Schools can request donors provide funds to collectives and other NIL entities, provided the schools do not request that those funds be directed to a specific sport or student athlete. So, you can get the horns 24-7, read more of that, but that's kind of the gist of it. Basically, Texas taking advantage of some recent legislation by the NCAA, putting all of their NIL initiatives under one umbrella. So it's a good thing for the student-athletes. It's a good thing for Texas. It's a good thing, actually, now, I mean, coaches aren't supposed to mention NIL deals, you know, when, when they're in 
on the road recruiting. But now, now that this is allowed, man, now Sark can talk about NIL deals or Chris Beard can talk about NIL opportunities. David Pierce can talk about NIL opportunities and have direct knowledge of what's going on. So it's good for everybody involved. Uh, Snoop, I've said this, man, anytime, anytime student athletes can make money while their marketability is at its highest. And you got to think, I'm not just talking about like the Olympic sports, right? Because then some of those sports there aren't professional leagues that will compensate them well. But I'm talking about like if you're a football player, your highest level of marketability might be when you're in college. So man, anything these guys, the young men and women can do to get some money for themselves, I'm all for it. So uh, yeah, you can get the horns 24 seven and check out more of that. But also did our staff predictions on the site. Uh, those went live today. I have my staff prediction for the game, my prediction, and we'll we'll get to some of that uh, maybe more tomorrow. But you can go to the site right now and see what I uh, what I did for my prediction. Um, you know, I, in the prediction I talk about, and, and I'll mention this again throughout the day. By the way, Specs Text Line is open three three seven three seven seven six. We'll get to your feedback because you've already got some stuff rolling in, especially people offering to help Snoop with some Venmo or Cash App to help get into some high school games tonight. But I digress. Uh, I, I mentioned a couple of things in my uh, staff prediction that uh, I've mentioned throughout the week. You know, the ability Texas has to potentially slow down the TCU run game. Again, Texas defensively, only six rushing attempts allowed this season that have gone for 20 or more yards. I think when you just look at Texas defending the run, uh, you know, Sark talked about yards per play. Yards per rushing attempt is something that I look at because, again, if you give up one big run, sometimes your overall yards per game or just gross yards or your net yards it can get a little bit diluted. But you look at Texas this year in terms of yards per rushing attempt allowed, Texas is leading the Big 12, uh, 3.39. Think about that. Texas last season at 5.15, the second worst yards per carry allowed in school history. Now they are the best in the Big 12, and they are a borderline top 30 run defense overall. So that turnaround is because of that interior defensive line group. I just think Pete Kwiatkowski has to trust Bo Davis and trust his guys that they can handle the TCU run game by themselves. What I did mention in the staff prediction and kind of the one unknown that I don't really know about TCU how much are they going to use Max Duggan in the quarterback run game? You know, you go back to the game where TCU beat Oklahoma, and Max Duggan, and granted, we know Oklahoma is terrible defensively. I mentioned how good Texas is uh, defending the run in terms of yards per carry out. Oklahoma, Snoop, they're butt-naked last in the Big 12 mm. in terms of yards per carry allowed. Uh, 4.76 yards per carry allowed for Oklahoma. And uh, Max Duggan just ran wild on the Sooners that day in Fort Worth. And then, you know, he got a little bit banged up in their win over Kansas. I think it was the, the win over Kansas where he got a little bit banged up. But I remember watching the West Virginia game, and at that point you could tell something wasn't completely right with him. They hardly ran him that day. It was a lot of Kendra Miller and a lot of quick passing game. Quentin Johnston got banged up in that road game against West Virginia. Which, by the way, I heard Aaron Hogan making picks this morning. He's right, West Virginia, totally different on the road than they are at home. They're actually a really respectable team when they're at home. On the road, not so much. Uh, and TCU really had to battle to get that win at Morgantown. But they didn't run Max Duggan a whole lot. Last week, uh, Max Duggan ran for in their win over Texas Tech. If you take out like sack yardage, if you look at just his rushing numbers, it was 8 for 29, so they're using him a little bit more, but they're not getting that, ba- that those big chunk yardage plays in the run game 
uh, like they were early in the year. And so, and look, Texas has seen plenty of Max Duggan over the years. You know he's very capable. My question is, how healthy is he, and to what extent do Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley want to use the quarterback run game? Because we talk about defending the middle of the field in the passing game. I still think if you really want to attack Texas, they're better on the edges than they were last year. But, man, if you're talking about path of least resistance, trying to run the ball against Texas, I'd much rather take my chances with Ovia Gofu. And no disrespect to Ovia Gofu and Baron Sorrell and even you know Jade Barron at that star position or, or Mo Blackwell if they're running, if he's at that star position or they're running some big dime or whatever, I'd much rather take my chances running the ball at those guys, then trying to run it at Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat and Moro Ojimo and Byron Murphy, Vernon Proughton, Alfred Collins, that's six deep. If you're talking about those two interior defensive line rotations, they are legitimately three deep in terms of being able to shuffle guys in and out. And I, I'm at the point now where, I, Snoop, I think I trust this defensive line. I really do. I I was really disappointed in that group last year. I'm not alone in that. But – I really think I'm to the point where I'm believing in this defensive line. And, again, I just think it goes back to does Pete Kwiatkowski believe in that defensive line enough? Does he trust them enough to be able to, with the help of probably Jalen Ford or maybe DeMarvin Overshone, whichever linebackers you want to use, does he trust that front enough, a lighter front? Does he trust them enough to be able to slow down the TCU run game to where he can deploy an extra defensive back to stopping the best wide receiver group you'll see this season, a passing game that they can stress you horizontally, not just with their splits, but they'll run a ton of screens. They'll run a ton of quick passing game. Why wouldn't they attack the middle of the field since everybody's been able to do it on Texas, and especially if Quentin Johnston plays. But even if he doesn't, they can still get you vertically with Darius Davis and Tay Barber, Savion Williams. So this TCU passing game, uh, it is nothing to be trifled with. Texas needs to deploy as many resources as possible. I think for me, and again, I've talked about this a little bit this week, I think the key for the Texas offense is going to be, man, can you just maximize, can you, when your opportunities are there for chunk yardage plays, can you hit on them? I guess the TCU's dead last in the Big 12 at giving up plays this season of 20-plus yards. They've given up 53 plays from scrimmage of 20-plus 20, uh, 20 yards. And that's not only you know taking your shots down the field, but when, when you think of chunk yardage plays – a lot of that can be your screen game. Your per, not just your traditional screens to, to B. John Robinson or Roshan Johnson, but your perimeter screens. That, that smoke screen to Savion Red was a really good play from them. We've seen them uh, use Xavier Worthy in, on that, that, that fake orbit motion, the pivot orbit motion, whatever you want to call it. Uh, make, try to make TCU make tackles in space. You know, Kind of use that speed against them. They're going to fly to the football, but, man, it is really hard when you're flying to the football, uh, and especially that high-risk, high-reward nature of that TCU defense – it can be really hard against a guy like Xavier Worthy or Jordan Whittington or Bijan Robinson to to fill the alley or come screaming downhill and try to come to balance and make a good tackle, especially with as elusive as some of these Texas playmakers are. So, Snoop, again, I'm, I referenced this already this week. I know you said as I was talking about the Iowa, the Oklahoma State and Kansas State games, how the confidence kind of waned a little bit. Yeah. I just, I don't know, maybe it's overconfidence for me, but I'm feeling – really confident uh, about Texas' chances to beat TCU. I, the more I think about it, if if Pete Kwiatkowski is willing to trust that defensive line, I just think it's a really good matchup. Uh, Texter says, when is the last time an undefeated top 10 team played at Texas? 
We talked about this yesterday. The last time it's happened, I mean, you've had teams that were undefeated come into DKR. Uh, West Virginia, I think, in 2012 was ranked when they were ninth in the country. Geno Smith and company, they were undefeated. Uh, Stedman Bailey and Tavon Austin, they were undefeated. But the last time, it was this late in the year when Texas hosted an undefeated top 10 team. It really, if you want to talk about a team that was undefeated and untied, you got to go all the way back to Thanksgiving 1992. Texas A&M was 9-0 coming into DKR, uh, and they well won that game to go 10-0. and uh, And the Aggies had a chance to, to get themselves in the mix, going to the Cotton Bowl and all that stuff. But that's the last time it happened, 1992. So that was 30 years ago, the last time it was this late in the year where Texas hosted uh, a, a true undefeated team uh, in 94 A&M came in and A&M was on probation that year so the schedule was a little bit wonky it was a little bit earlier in November uh, but A&M was I think 9-0-1 at that point or 8-0-1 uh, they tied SMU that year they were ineligible to win the Southwest Conference so it's been a minute since it was this late in the year where Texas hosted a top 10 team again game day is going to be in town all those festivities and then we'll get you started with the Bud Light pregame at 2:30 down at Bevo Boulevard all right we'll keep the Texas football talk rolling throughout the day but right now let's take a break we'll come back not only are we going to get Snoop's edition of the Waterburger top 5 top 5 road trips today and Snoop you got uh, you got your road trips lined up how many yes i do how many ties we got today three three ties uh-huh three I love the fact. I love the fact that you just want to spread the love, Snoop. That's what the tie is all hey, about. I, I can't spread the love the way I want, so I got to do it through other means. Yes, exactly. that's right. You know, it's not really living vicariously, but uh, <laughs> it's just shifting priorities, right, if you right. will. Uh, My lot in life. Shifting focus, but we'll shift focus from Texas football to high school football. Vandegrift head coach Drew Sanders will join us when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Beat the Pluck is back. Aaron Hogan and Dave Paul, owner of Pluckers, will make their game picks every Thursday around 9, 10 a.m., and you can win a wingman lunch by Pal and Snoop Daniel. Snoop, my allergies are killing me, man. I think it's time. I think it's time to get that needle. No, no, it's never a time to get a needle. Get that. That I'm we are you, man, desperate. Get that steroid shot. Just clears everything. Up. Craig <laughs> turned me on to that a few years ago. Actually, probably been about a decade now. Mm. Get the steroid shot. Everything in your feel your lungs and your sinuses. Everything. Where do they up. stick you on your arm? Uh, in the uh the the rump roast area. It's not bad. Just a little stick and burn. Trust me. It's worth it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, back here on Light the Tower, <laughs> Thursday edition, Jeff House, Snoop Daniel. And now it is time to go to our Thursday edition of our weekly high school coaches interviews, brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer. Thank them so much for sponsoring these segments. And we go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Joined now by the head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers. Vipers taking on Bowie, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Monroe Stadium, Class 6A Division II by district playoff game. We are joined now by the head coach of the Vipers, Drew Sanders. Drew, thank you as always for the time. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. That was a rough transition from rump roast to me. I don't know where I fall on that. Uh, yeah, just uh, Snoop is Snoop is deathly afraid of yeah, needles, coach. Shots, it's, uh, so anytime we can talk about getting any kind of shot, just watching Snoop squirm. Freaks him out, huh? Yeah, yeah, it really does. Worth it. Yeah. Uh, coach, you've got a playoff game at home. We, we've kind of talked about this. If you know, your seniors, it's a group that, uh, you know, every senior class is special, uh, and this one is no different for you. Uh, if you took care of your business, you were going to get to play one more game at Monroe Stadium, and here it is uh, with a really good opponent in Bowie coming over to your place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to 
to host a, a first round playoff game at home. It was um, been a lot of work to to be able to do that in our district with great co- great competition that we have, and we were pleased to be able to win every district game. and And uh, we didn't get much reward though. You're right. I mean, uh, the Bowie Bulldogs proud program. I think they've made playoffs like. 20 times in a row or something. They're a tremendous program. And of course, Jeff does a great job. Jeff and I have been long-time friends. When I was the head coach at Travis, um, he was beginning probably his 20th year at Bowie. He's been there so long. <laughs> I hope Jeff's not listening to this. Uh, but anyway, he does a great job. So it, it's going to be an, an amazing first-round matchup. Yeah, Coach, I, I was actually going to ask you about that, given your background at Travis and, and knowing Coach Abels is uh, the, the, the dean of AISD coaches. Uh, has he has he been a mentor to you over the years? Yes. Oh, for sure. You know, I distinctly remember walking in to my first coordinator meeting. I'm 31 years old, um, brand new head coach of the Travis Rebels, and um, he after the very first meeting, he just came up, introduced himself, and said, "Hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. I've been here a little bit." And and um, I mean, he's just been like that ever since. Me and him actually are really great friends. We. We've matched up in the playoffs with our soccer teams and playoff and basketball teams and stuff, uh, and so we're really actually good friends and and um, and I have much respect for him. But yes, definitely helped me a ton. I mean, when you start a new job like being a head coach is it's extremely stressful, especially the first couple of years. You're trying to figure it out, um, and so he's always been a, a great dude. Coach Braden Buchanan is a kid that you know we we've talked. It seems like we've talked about all your kids. I don't I don't think we've talked enough uh, about your quarterback. Nineteen touchdowns, one interception this year. If I'm if I'm looking at that right, uh, signs his national letter of intent yesterday to play baseball at Baylor. A heck of an athlete. He's been a heck of a quarterback for you. What is the advantage, uh, in your opinion, of going into the playoffs, getting prepared to make what you hope is a deep playoff run? With the veteran quarterback, I know we talk about it in college in the NFL, but at a high school level, yeah. having a quarterback that knows your system is an extension of you and the staff on the field. What are the advantages yeah. of having that veteran quarterback? Well, well that, that's a great way to say that because he is actually an extension of our coach staff. I call him an assistant coach all the time. You know, he, um, I think a couple things. First of all, just physically being able to execute what we need with accurate throws, um, get us out of bad play calls avoid rushes. I mean, just he's done all these physical movements. So so that's first. He can make the throws as as necessary. But I think the most important thing is there isn't a situation where there'll be times in this game against Bowie because they're a quality program that um, they're going to get us. They're going to knock us back. We're going to have a negative play. That's just part of the game. And um, his just he, he just doesn't flinch much. He just looks at you right in the eyes if something isn't going right. And um, I just I couldn't have higher confidence in a in a, in a player. Um, he's always ready for the challenge. I said that yesterday at his signing day. Um, and from his very first start to now, here here we are, his senior year and in the playoffs, which hopefully is a is a good playoff run. We um, we put our trust in him, and and he delivers. Vandergriff head coach Drew Sanders joining us here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howe and Snoop Daniel. Coach, how did you handle the rain out last week of the game for Bowie and Lake Travis? Oh, man, that was depressing. Um, you know, I mean, it's rare to hear a game just canceled. I mean, I thought we were back in 2020, you know. I mean, that was just wild. I thought they'd keep waiting. I know they had a lot of weird things happen that night, and, and but um, I thought they'd play and um, and, you know, try to – see what happened but um so yeah i just kind of went home depressed because we were looking forward to uh looking forward to seeing two two great teams go after it 
um, but um, we didn't get that opportunity, so we'll just we'll just have to see what Bowie looks like um, coming up on Friday. All right, and then the mood at school this week. I know the the guys are getting up for it, but uh, what has the mood been like on campus leading up to this game? I think it's just our normal normal thing. Everybody's very excited. I think we're sold out on our home side. Um, again, I think that's our sixth sellout this year on the home side, and so we'll have a good crowd, and I know Bowie will, will bring theirs. But I think the mood is um, one of we've got a great um, challenge in front of us. I mean, these are, these are two – to uh, two great Austin teams, and so it should be. If if you're just a casual fan, you ought to try to make your way over uh, to Monroe because I think it's gonna be a great game. Yeah, Drew, we've had uh, you know we've had uh, Coach Salazar at Westlake, we've had Coach Carter at Lake Travis. Like you said, their their game against Bowie was rained out, but getting to talk to both of those coaches about Bowie, uh, it sounds like from from their scouting reports on 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 Bowie, kind of typical what you'd expect from a Coach Abel's team. They've got some speed on the outside, and when it comes to the line of scrimmage, kind of fo- uh, football inside a phone booth, uh, about as tough and physical as as they've been over there. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's what's so impressive about what they've done. I think they graduated everybody but like one or two starters, and here they are again. They're doing the exact same thing. So, I mean, I don't know if Coach Abel's gets enough credit, uh, but they are going to be physical up front. Um, everything flows through their number twenty-five. He um, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the ball. He's going to be quarterback. And then defensively, they try to um, win by just causing confusion in the front. You know, they're going to blitz every which way but loose. They're going to play some man, um, and they're they're going to do what they do. And actually, we all we I think you'd agree with this. The good teams, you kind of know what they're going to do, mm-hmm. um, but they're still going to do their thing and do it well. Um, and so Friday night's going to be about who executes, who can hold on to the ball, and then who can find a way to get those one to two to three explosive plays to break the game open. That's really what it's going to come down to. And, of course, you all know this, but it's going to come down to some special teams stuff too. He's going to, you know, you're going to have to make some field goals. You're going to have to do the, it's going to be that kind of game. Drew, when you face a, a, a team that's a, a high blitz team or a high pressure team, they want to really you know, manufacture pressure. I, I know everybody likes to look at the offensive line, and, and they do play a big role, but – uh, how much do you stress to your kids in a game plan? Look, it's it's the quarterback getting the ball out of his hands on time. It, it's the backs and tight ends doing what they need to do. You know, if you're a receiver, you're running uh, that out route at, at five yards. That needs to be five yards on the button so we can get it out. I mean, it's not just, hey, O-line, do your job. It's when you face a high-pressure team, it's got to be everybody doing it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, really any defense you go against, it's about execution on the offensive side. Uh, but even more particular, if they're going to if they're going to pressure some, you've got to know where as a quarterback you've got to know where to set your protection, um, and then you've got to know where your your hot is every single time. And then you also have to have everybody participating, and you can't you can't have somebody miss a miss a call. You know, like that kind of stuff could be disaster. And so you just want to make sure that we're executing properly. And the good thing is that we we also um, are a high pressure team defensively. Um, we are going to in our in our broken stack defense. We can pretty much blitz any way we want, and we do. And so our offense sees us every single day in the spring, and then as we practice. And so um, I, I think we're prepared overall for that. But obviously they'll do some different things. But we do pressure a, a ton here on defense, and so I do think that that's uh, probably a decent lead up. Coach, I want to ask you one question. It's not football related, but yesterday was a big day with the NLI. And a lot of players, non-football signing. I know Vandergrift, y'all are so awesome in all sports. Uh, what was yesterday like? Man, we had uh, man, a ton of kids, 14 maybe. 
kids. Uh, we had a couple of kids signing to Notre Dame. I mean, our um, cross-country state champion, um, Kevin, signed to go to Notre Dame, and um, we loved it. His cross-country coach had um, green and gold shoes on. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody was having a great time yesterday. We had, we even had a soccer player go to UMHB where my two uh, two boys play. Layla. Um, Layla. Yes, Layla, yeah. Layla she, Cunningham. A little stud. Yep. Um, and so, it, you know, it's really fun because you actually get to meet some of the parents and, and the kids are, they're happy. And they're also, you can see they're kind of stress-free. They're excited that this decision's done. They have been a little bit stressed about this because it's, if you look at it, it's probably the biggest decision they've made up in their life up to that point. Right. And so they're trying to just figure out. And so they all feel good about it. And, and, um, and so it is fun to be a small part of that and celebrate with the parents. And we try to do it upright where they feel special. Drew, before we let you go, I, I want to circle back to something that uh, it might have been the first or second visit we had with you, uh, talking about Damian Wimberly and, and the fact that he's he'll face double teams and guys chipping him and, and really trying to account for him. Uh, and we talked about sack numbers, and I know sack numbers can be overrated at times, but lo and behold, here you are at the end of the regular season through 10 ball games. He's got 10 sacks. So at the end of the day, uh, the the numbers were there, uh, which I think speaks a lot because, like we talked about, he does draw the attention of the opposing offense every week. He really does. He's the kind of guy, if you if you decide to single block him on a passing down, he is going to make you pay. Um, he is that kind of guy. And so he's faced a lot of chips in the, in the slides. You know, they'll set the offensive line to slide towards him a lot. Um, but, I, I mean, I can't compliment him enough. Not only does he have – size and and strength but he really hustles too like if if you actually just turned on a game tape and watched all 50 or 60 plays he played you would have a very hard time finding place where Damien's not hustling on the back side of place and I think that is one of his special ingredients it is his improvement I was talking to his SMU coach um, he always is checking on him and and um, you know his improvement has just been tremendous he was already a good player but now he's gotten to the point where people have to really worry about where he is um, the other day I can't remember what game but we switched sides just kind of just to mess with the other team and just put him on the other side he's normally on the right side and uh, the, the team ended up calling a timeout because they were that worried about wow. where he was it was a passing situation so uh, we're really proud of Damien and looking forward to what what uh, kind of havoc he can create on uh, Friday nights, and especially this Friday night. Tomorrow night, it's Vandegrift and Bowie, 7 o'clock at Monroe Stadium. Coverage is going to start here on the Austin Radio Network, 6.30 with Snoop and the crew on the Flex pregame. Then at 6.45, we get you over to Monroe for Merle Scott, Hank, and Jack on the cov- on the call on 101.9 and AM 1260 for Vandegrift and Bowie, a Class 6A Division II by district game. Head coach of the Vipers joining us right now, Drew Sanders. Drew, thanks as always for the time. Best of luck to you and your kids tomorrow, and, and hopefully we're, uh, we're doing yeah. this again next week. Hope so. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Nick. There he is, Vandegrift head coach Drew Sanders joining us, as he always does on Thursdays for his weekly coaches visit, brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer. All right, it's time for the latest Snoop Daniel edition of the Whataburger Top 5. Now, it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 Road Trips. Can I get some Vuvuzela for the Whataburger Top 5? There we go. I kind of like this music too, so I'll, I'm roll with this. The one. drum, the drum yeah. line, yeah. The drum line. yeah. I feel like I'm back home in Desoto. <laughs> All right, let's do. Uh, so every game this weekend is big. Obviously, it's playoffs. You win, you advance, you lose, and you go home. 
Uh, I am going to start uh, with a three-way tie at number five. I'm going to start with the Lampasas Badgers. Lampasas has actually had a couple of down years since uh, the uh, exit of Ace Whitehead to the 40 Acres at, well, for, to play baseball. They're at Somerset tonight. Lampasas, uh, one of my ties for number five. Uh, the other is uh, the Cedar Park Timberwolves on the road versus the top-seeded Smithson Valley. I don't even know their mascot, but they're really good. They're Smithson Valley's the Rangers. Well, and how dare I because they're undefeated. Oh, no, no, they're not. They're not in one. Excuse me. But Cedar Park, I feel they have the biggest chance to have an upset because of their pedigree and because of who they are. They are Cedar Park. So remember who the bleep you are. And that is at, that at, is Smith. at Smithson. Mm-hmm. Okay. At Smithson. And then. Uh, and and Lamp Passes was hosting Somerset? No, they're at they're Somerset. At Somerset. Uh-huh, okay. uh-huh. They, they, these are all road trips. And it's then road trips, my yes. tie at third is Taylor uh, on the road. These are all big underdogs at Bernie. And there goes okay. my drums. So it's a nice little hike going from the eastern portions of Williamson County. True that. So, my number four. uh, We just talked with Coach Sanders about this one. The Bowie Bulldogs going to Monroe Stadium, which I'll never call Monroe Stadium again because now I understand it's pronounced Monroe. But anyway, but, you know, it's it's big – you know, like I said, Bowie, they're always disrespected, doubted. Nobody picked them to beat Round Rock last year. They did that. In fact, they went all the way to the uh, to the state uh, the game before the regional quarterfinals, mm-hmm. which is confusing because it's the game before the state quarterfinals. It's the regional quarterfinals. Yeah, I always call the state quarterfinals. I always call it the regional championship. Man, regional okay, final. thank that. Okay, yeah. that's a that's better. Yeah, but that is confusing. And as somebody who's covered it for years, that. You know, stuck in my craw for years, so I understand it better now. You but could, yeah, you could take it back, Snoop, and make the change. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> but you know, they they lost to to Brennan last year, and I want to say that I feel this Bowie team is uh, a, they're more of a cohesive this year. So anyway, Bowie number four, uh, my number three uh, a road trip will be the uh, the the Cedar Ridge Raiders, and that's tonight at Westlake. They're going to be big underdogs. You know, I was talking with my odd reporter uh, Luke Langston, who is man. This kid, one day he's going to be a millionaire shooting videos because he is so outstanding. He's better than me. Anyway, we, we were talking about, you know, how would you beat Westlake? And I told him, like, I think I would, and I'm no Jeff Howe. I can't break down. I'm no Rod Babers. But I would say maybe you would have to gamble on your skill players being able to win a one-on-one on the outside. You know, you have a Reese Brooks. You have uh, Zane Wofford. Those guys are freak athletes. You know, maybe you, you pass on first down. You really got to be uh, – maybe you never punt. I mean, you really got to bring out all the damn stops against a team that's won mm-hmm. 50 games in a row. So, Your double reverse passes, I mean, your I would, and kicks. you know, And they got, they got guys like Jakari Killingsworth. Who, you know, so you really got to say, hey, you know what, what do we have like on paper? Be like, ooh. Like if you didn't even look at the team names, what? Like, oh, this guy, he could beat – so skill players. Anyway, that's my number three. Number two. Excuse me as I swallow. Uh, Maynard at Drip. Uh, Dripping Springs Tigers. You know, it's so funny because I do remember back in the day, I think two years in a row, Maynard knocked out Dripping Springs in the first round of the playoffs. So, that that going to say, I, you know, I, man, gosh. You know, and, and this is what Maynard does. They beat these, you know, how do I put this? Okay, so they beat Cedar Park that one year in the state quarterfinals. Uh, a, a team with Ryder Hernandez, which is junior, they might have should have went to state. They went to state the next year, but this is what Maynard does. And so we'll see. And the fact that they've had, they got something over drip over the, the few years, I'm just saying it's 
it, it's it's a four versus one seed, but it's not a given. I'm expecting Dripping Springs to win this game, but Maynard has a shot. Uh, and last but not least, uh, my game of the week, uh, it's going to be right here on 104.9 The Horn. I'm a company man, and it's Lake Travis on the road at Round Rock. Uh, LT has been upset by the Dragons before. This is the first time I can remember Round Rock being favored to beat Lake Travis. So I find this game highly entertaining, and the fact that Lake Travis always plays teams close, I'm expecting an instant classic. And uh, Mark Honick, Bucky Gobbolt, and Stu Myrick, for them missing last week, I'm expecting a game to, to trump everything that happened last week to have such an epic night on Friday. That's my Whataburger top five. There you go. Nice job, Snooping. No, texters. T- Taylor did play Burnett last week. They're playing Bernie. Bernie? Oh, Bur- I, I no, you missed- said Bernie. You said okay. Bernie. Okay. You were right. Okay. You were right. Just, Just need a little clarification yep. there. All right. Take a break. Come back. Inconceivable. Going to close out hour number one here on the, on Light the Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Avi. And I'm Erin Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the Austin area. To learn more about how these incentives can save you money on your new home, visit yourlonghornlender.com. NMLS number 1326-241. I don't think it is what you think it is. All right, I got two, Snoop. We'll get to this first one because the second one is kind of sad for me to read. Uh, our first. Oh story, no, no, do the sad one first, and then clean, well, clean no, your because the sad one's gonna. It's not the second one's not a palate cleanser. Trust me, you'll find out here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the National Park Service. Uh, he said, "Go." I'm just gonna read this story. This is from uh, NPR. Going to almost any park, and there's often reminders to refrain from going near petting or feeding wildlife not licking strange animals was simply a given until Mm. now Uh, the National Park Service has added tongue contact with the Sonoran Desert Toad among its various warnings for park visitors as we say with most things you come across in a national park whether it be a banana slug unfamiliar mushroom or a large toad with glowing eyes in the dead of night, please refrain from licking, the agency wrote on Facebook this past week. The toad, also known as the Colorado River Toad, is about seven inches in size and carries a weak, low-pitched ribbit sound. But the creature is far from harmless. Sonoran Desert Toads snoops secrete a potent toxin that can make people sick if they touch it or get the poison in their mouth, according to the National Park Service, despite the risks. Ribbit. Some people have discovered that the toad's toxic secretions contain a powerful hallucinogen. Rabbit. <laughs> oh, yeah. People trying to get high. I guess what I, how if you need to fix, however you get it. Uh, come, here, come here, Toady. Licking a frog. You ever, uh, you ever handled frogs? No. Snoop? You never no, handled a frog? You no. never did the science experiment oh, in school? Oh, yes, I did. Frog? I did. I, I blocked that out. It wasn't pleasant. When I, I lived in Buda, it seemed like I had a, maybe because I lived next to a creek. My house backed up to a creek. Uh. The frog, the, the the frog was a big player in my yard when I lived in Buda. Not right. so much out in San. Oh yeah, yeah. And like the dog would like try to eat the frog or kill Ooh. it, and like she'd just like start foaming at the mouth oh, a little bit. Yeah, Not I like don't. making her sick or whatever. But I think it was frog urine or something that was doing that. That's my remember my vet telling me about it. But. Froggy style is my favorite style. <laughs> anyway, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> All right, so. We've been talking about the McRib farewell tour, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, this is just a big, uh, uh, no pun intended, it is a rib, right? They're going to bring it back. Well, 
there's two things I'm reading from this article. Uh, and I hope I'm not being hoodwinked by this article. Apparently, the 41-year-old supply of McRibs is running out. This is according to uh, Mc, the McDonald's CEO. Let me actually, you know what? Let me Google this. Make sure. <laughs> what? That- to make sure this is really the McDonald's CEO. Okay. This is really. Chris Kemzinski is the McDonald's CEO, and he uh, had this to say. Quote, back in 1981, a set amount of McRibs were made and rationed out. Now the inventory is so low that each franchise only received two paper bags full of our never-frozen sandwiches, it would be impossible to serve the McRib in 2023 because there simply won't be any available to us. So people have questioned why, Snoop. Why can't you just make more? Well, it turns out it would be illegal to make McRibs based on the way they are made and what they are made out of. Things were different in those days. Standards were different. There weren't any. It's the flavors people most enjoy in the McRib that the federal government has since deemed not fit for the consumption of humans or mice. (laughs) The original sandwiches. Why are you looking at me like that? We know the McRib's not healthy. We don't eat it for for health reasons. Eat it because it tastes good. Please continue. You all right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just listening to what you're saying. The original sandwiches were grandfathered in, but now there is no path forward without completely changing the foundation of the McRib to something that's nearly 100% food. Where's the fun in that? So I hope I'm not being hoodwinked by this article. I don't think I am, but, you know, we shall see. Uh, all right. Oh. Well, I, yeah, we all know it's not like a real meat. Yeah, yeah, it's made out of like, you know, earlobes. Yeah, <laughs> left leftovers, if you will. Earlobes. I'm yeah, sure it's earlobes, whatever. It tastes good. That's why does, you eat the does. McRib. It tastes good. So, all right, I so there it is. Had one yet. That's apparently why there're going to be no more no, no more McRib sandwiches. They're out of the stuff to make them. And rather than change the McRib, See, I want I want to remember the McRib the way it was. Maybe it, it will taste so different that they can't even. It's like they, they won't even say that because the McRib I can I haven't had one in a minute. I can.